Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9. The Horn and is a new theme Thursday, and that is the theme, ladies and gentlemen. It is basketball. My man Patrick wants to get you in the right mindset. All-Star weekend is this weekend. We're transitioning. Football season is officially done. It is over. So it's all about basketball. March Madness coming up. Uh, you got the Big 12 tournament, which is on the horizon. Well, you got all the conference tournaments, but we're in Big 12 country, so we're talking about that. But still, lots of basketball discussion, and uh, that's why there's a new theme for New Theme Thursday. You can be a part of the show. Specs text line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. It's the number to the Specs text line. You can always reach out reach out to us via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harge, what you got for the people coming up on Harge? Knock life. Well, it's ironic that we talked a little bit about the baseball game and where um, Texas kind of matches up, but we're going to go through the players' lineup nice. at the plate. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and I'm going to preview uh, all the teams that Texas will be playing this weekend. Yeah, uh, getting into basketball mindset, but also the baseball yeah, no doubt. mindset. No uh, doubt. Because Texas baseball, baseball getting ready uh, to get things going, and my man uh, Harge is going to uh, get us in the know. We already got into it a little bit in the 3 o'clock hour. We're talking some more baseball coming up for Harge Knock Life. Yep. Next segment, you don't want to miss it. All right, while we got some time here, I want to talk some Texas football news notes and nuggets. Some of these are kind of draft-related. Some of these are uh, kind of long. Longhorn football related, current uh, Longhorn football player related uh, nuggets. But I, I want to start with the um, Pro Football Focus Top 100 Big Board. I was looking at this big board and I was just trying to see how many Longhorns were listed on it. They just do 100 of the top prospects. And I'm starting to see this in a lot of different uh, places. Pro Football Network's another place um, that I'll give them some props about their coverage. I've seen it at, but even following some of the uh, the scouts for a lot of the different publications. Mm-hmm. Moro Ojimo is high up on people's draft boards um, and higher up than Keandre Colburn, which I understand, which I'll explain that in just a second. But he, they got a number 85 on their big board mm-hmm. overall. They got an 85th best prospect overall in the draft. They got DeMarvin Overshone, 82nd overall top prospect. They got B. John Robinson, 27th overall nice. best prospect in the draft. Uh, but, yeah, going to Moro Ojimo, because he did go to the Senior Bowl, 
and I saw some good stuff about him there, but he's undersized. But I think it actually works in his favor. He's 6'3", 280, but because he he plays multiple shades up front, I think NFL scouts are actually starting to visualize all the different ways they can move him around the front. Yep. Remember, yep. even mm-hmm. Texas did it. He had 118 snaps playing at the edge. He had 244 snaps playing as an interior defensive tackle. And he's pro football focus loves him too, by the way. He's one of four power five interior D linemen with top 15 pass rush grades and run defense grades. Um, actually, a run defender. He had him as the fourth best interior run defender uh, in the country. Yeah. As a defensive lineman. And. I mean, this is a guy that, like I said, play, can play multiple positions up front. He is, depending on how you know things work out at the combine, he's a guy that could end up making himself a lot of money and moving up draft board. Don't be surprised to see more Ojimo. He's probably going to try to gain some weight before the combine, too, because I think that's the big knock on him. He's undersized. But I think that that's, gives you more ability to move him around. I wouldn't ask him to put on too much more. No, weight. you can't. I mean, this yeah, guy, don't, don't forget, too, he's a young you're right. football player. He's a baby still. Baby still. Yeah. So he's still going through those uh, growing moments in his life. So I, would, I wouldn't rush to put a lot of weight on him. I think he's going to be able to do some. But I, I, I've been impressed with him, and he was somebody that I've always liked, but it was just taking a matter of time, right? It's one of those things where you expected more from him. He was very vocal. He's very an intelligent football player, so he's going to be able to pick up a lot of those stuff. that stuff when they get to the whiteboard. He's going to be able to do That's that. So he, people will be impressed with him, especially when they interview him. Mm. He's going he's gonna to rise mm. up the grades, I mean, the board as well, because he's a great interviewer. He is a so great interviewer. So he'll give you everything that you want to know, sometimes a little too much. Exactly. But that's what he is. When, that's who he is. When keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. yeah, he got silenced around here. For a little bit. He but, came back, but he couldn't give us the same stories that he was giving us no, before. Yeah, you're right. They, they let him talk to the media again. They silenced him for a while, but they didn't keep him off the field because no. I think he, he demands to play because of how good he is and how impactful he was. And Texas was the deepest interior defensive line in the country last year. And they had the best scores every time. Every week yeah. you were seeing that the Texas deepest, defensive yeah. line was always grading out well. Yeah. And, and it was specifically because of the interior D-line. They were yep. just so deep between Keandre Colburn was coming out, Moral Ojimo was coming out, Tavondre Sweat who's still there, Byron Murphy was still there, throw in Alfred Collins in the mix yep. in there, yep. throw in uh, young Vern Broughton, throw him in there. They just had so many bodies they could throw at you. That was, so it, it was, it's weird to say that now <laughs> in retrospect, considering where we were this time before last season. Yep. Um that that was the best D, interior D line in the country, but it yep. was it was that deep. So no give doubt. Bo Davis and give those guys a ton of credit. Uh, Kendrick Colburn, even though he's not on this list, he's gonna end up with a team that really falls in love with his situation specific skill set. NFL is an NFL now where the team a lot more teams are running power mm-hmm. counter. Uh, gap schemes, you know, we're still still running a lot of inside-outside zone. And that became all the rage. With that, you needed defenders who could go sideline to sideline, who could operate horizontally, basically, who could still, you know, make plays running down the line of scrimmage, right? right? So that means more svelte, you know, hybrid guys that can run down the scrimmage. If teams are running power, uh, you know, gap schemes right at you, you're going to need guys that can just stand at the point of attack or right. hold their ground at the point of attack, reset the line of scrimmage. Th- those are Kendrick Coburn guys. 
Right. And that's how he's going to end up making him or increasing his value in the NFL. So it's it's going to be a team that really needs him for situation-specific roles, but he, he still is going to be able to eat in the NFL because of that. Because yeah. that is also something that's, that's um, evolution in the league right now that people are starting to go away. Since so many defenses are built to stop the zone-blocking schemes, now they're saying, hell, let's just run right at them right. with counter and gap schemes. And these guys, these defenders aren't built for that. They weren't built or they weren't developed to be to play those roles, so they need to have more specialized defense. Happened to the Eagles, by the way. Yeah, that's why they got Nadama King Sue and Lindell Joseph because they mid-season. couldn't handle that. That's right. They couldn't handle that. They, right. they, they, they were a defense built to handle the zone blocking schemes, which means you got to be built to handle a horizontal like offense that's trying side to beat you down the line. line. You got to right. have sideline to sideline defenders. Yeah, that's great. They can run sideline to sideline. But what if I decide to say, you know what? I'm just gonna run it down your effing throat right, right at you. Right at you, homeboy. What right. you going to do about that? I'm coming right at you. And then they couldn't stop it. Right. So the Eagles like, all right, we got to get Ndamukong Sue, who is one of those guys who can just be stout and stand his ground at the point of attack. Bill Joseph, same thing. So that's what I said. That will be a Kendrick Cobra. There will be something going, no, no, we need one of those guys so that we have a counter when teams decide to go, hey, man, we're just going to run right down the damn line. on happen to Puna Ford, too. Yep. Do you Seattle think that, love that his role there. Do you think that this is um, – the light went on for Keandre Coburn. Is that what yeah. you think happened? Where the light finally switched on for him? Where because for a long time we kept thinking he was going to be that guy. He was going to be at that level. Mm-hmm. He was going to be able to push himself to that point. But it just never got there. Never got there. Never got there. And then this year he finally popped. And now people are looking at him a lot different. And now he's in that position to be one of these draft picks and one of these guys that everybody's starting to talk about a little bit. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah, it's interesting because he had so many different systems he played in here at Texas, right? How many systems did he end up playing? Three? Three. Three. Right? Three total. Yeah. Todd Orlando, Chris Ash. And now. And now uh, uh, Coach K. Yep. Um, yeah. I, it, it, it's weird, yeah, because – and I said this about Jalen Hurts, too. When you have that, you're playing in that many systems and you don't have a chance to gain a, a comfort level or consistency or you know continuity within one scheme, it's supposed to force you to regress. And I think it does for most players. And there's an argument to be made that since he was in this same system right. for back-to-back years, that maybe that's what it was. That he finally had some consistency in the same system, same message, same teaching technique, Mm -hmm. you know, same terminology, all that. And, of course, experience helps just having a ton of reps. Right. You know that. Yep, for sure. No matter what sport you're playing. You got to have reps. I'm a senior. I'm probably going to be pretty damn good. I just seen everything. Right. I've seen it all. Nothing shocks me Nothing shocks me. There's no move you can do that I haven't seen. I don't know how to counter. I've seen it all. Right. Um, and you know how to deal with adversity. So I think that's a big part of it. But also just consistency in the scheme for him. Yeah. You know, for, it's, not that, it's not that way for everybody. You know, like I said, uh, Jalen Hurts, remember we talked about him. He had four different systems in college, right? He had, what did he have? Uh, Mike Loxley, mm. uh, Brian Davel, yep. Lane Kiffin, had Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um, then got to the NFL, Doug Peterson and, and Nick Sirianni. Yep. Six, so six different systems in like seven years. Mm. And it, he actually starts thriving right now, playing yeah. his best football. So it doesn't work that way for everybody, but for, I think for most people, there are exceptions to the rule. Just being in the same system, having that type of comfort level and that familiarity, it just helps out a ton. No doubt. For him. <clears throat> um, uh, DeMarvin Oshon was number 82 on this list. Like it. 
And uh, he I think also he's gonna pop. Yeah, he think should. He's pop. Combine's got to be combine's huge for him. Yeah, no doubt about combine's it. Combine's huge for him because we know what he was coming out. We know mm-hmm. what he did when he made the position change, and he was very hesitant initially to make that position change to go to linebacker because he still saw himself. As a safety, he thought he, that was the mm-hmm. best thing for him. And then, too, he didn't know how the weight was going to look on him because he's used to being at a certain playing weight, and he's still a little light to be playing in the NFL at that linebacker, weak side linebacker position. But then today's NFL, he might be perfect. Why? Because of what you said just a second ago about those linemen that were there because they could go sideline to sideline. Well, that's exactly what he can do as yeah, well. That's what he can do. He's a sideline to sideline type of player. So I believe this was going to be – he's going to be a guy that when you look at his testing, he's going to he's gonna even get higher on people's grades because he's that talented. Yeah. I think he's a freak of an athlete. I hope so. Uh, yeah, if he tests well, uh, some team will take a chance on him. He yeah. may be a bit of a project, but I think he's a perfect new age linebacker to deal with kind of the spread era the NFL has become. Um, B. John Robinson, of course, number 27. That's probably a little low, honestly, as the overall prospect. Right. Uh, that's, he'll probably be drafted maybe close around the number because they've devalued the running back position. But that guy probably should be a little bit higher as that. Rojo is not listed on their top 100 prospects. Uh, wouldn't expect that. That's overall. So that's different positions and everything. Um, but, man, there's a lot of people saying he end up being a day two pick right. potentially if he performs well at the combine. Some people say they expect him to run like a, a low to low to middle 4-4. Really? Yeah. That'd be cool. Remember, he was he was one of the fastest players on the team when they yeah. did the I don't know when they had the actual like the miles per hour uh, body mo- body monitors the, the when track tra- guys. Yeah, well, <laughs> he he was one of the fastest one guys. of the relay teams yeah, that man. he was talking about at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I don't know if Rojo's gonna be on that. <laughs> uh, but talk about speed and power, man. He's a nice combination of it. So, um, but that's the there are three players on that list: Murrow, Jamo, eighty-five, um, Demarvion Overshawn at eighty-two, and, and Bijan Robinson at number twenty-seven. Spring game uh, schedule, sorry, spring game schedule and spring practice schedule have also been released. Uh, so uh, Texas put this Jamal Finner actually, I believe, was the first one. To put it out there, so shout out to him. He's already putting in putting the work. In the work. He the already direct. put up a clinic. He put up. He organized oh, he the clinic this past week. Nice in the locker room. Good to see so coach. Got to see his work. Already putting in the work, yeah. making himself at home. Uh, we knew he was going to be a great, um, uh, a positive impact uh, acquisition for Texas. But good to see him already making himself at home. So he uh, tweeted out the spring summer schedule for Texas for their spring practices. So they're going to go. Uh, March 6th to start spring practice. They're going to go March 6th, March 8th, and March 10th. Then they're going to basically take off for spring break. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost two weeks for spring break. Come back March 22nd practice, which is a Wednesday. Uh, then they'll go Friday the 24th and Saturday the 25th, uh, 27th, which is a Monday, 29th Wednesday, 31st, which is a Friday. And then they'll go April 3rd which is Monday, April 5th, Wednesday, April 7th, which is a Friday. Then they go April 12th, April 14th, um, and that f- that's their final practice or scheduled one for the spring was April 14th, and uh, then you'll have the uh, the spring game, which will be oh, actually that weekend. Right. Yes. Um, so there you go. And I heard, I believe I heard Chad and Zay say that the April 15th, the spring game, they're going to have the Bevo Boulevard open up at 9 a.m. Ooh. Levi, 
I heard Woo. that. Yeah, I believe I heard them say that it'll open up early so everybody can get down there and enjoy themselves. <laughs> yeah, but that spring game is uh, 1 p.m. Orange yeah. and white game, sorry. Okay. Orange and white game, I think that's officially I'm down called. down with that. Uh, 1 p.m. Admission is free, of course. Free 99, so you ain't got to worry about that. I don't know about parking. I'm sure we'll get some updates on that. As, no as, doubt. As the time <laughs> so most people are like, well, what about the parking? Uh, the game may be free. What about parking? That's always an issue. But, yeah, so the spring game uh, and spring practice schedules have been announced. Everybody's really excited about it. I mean, this is a team this year that we've talked about it. Very few, if any, yep. excuses uh, that could come up for this team. They got a lot of talent, and the Big 12 is anybody's league. Right. Anybody's league this year. Uh, all right, so uh, something else I want to get into since we're talking uh, Texas football. Uh, A.D. Mitchell um, is listed mm-hmm. on a – I saw this from a foot, Pro Football Network, actually, um, had this uh, list of the top wide receivers uh, that were acquired via the transfer portal mm-hmm. all across college football. A.D. Mitchell's at the top of this list. Um, hell, and hell, maybe they did it alphabetically. I don't know. But they, he's at the top of the list. He's the first name on here. And they talk about how he tallied 38 receptions, 560 yards, seven touchdowns his last two seasons. The ultimate insurance policy, in my opinion, for Isaiah Nayor, if he doesn't come back 100% healthy or if he's not the same player, they need somebody to take a top off of defense. He could be the guy. We don't know how this offense is going to look this year. That's why it's right. very intriguing coming off of that that bowl game. We talked about this on Longhorn Blitz. The identity of the offense and what it's going to be is probably my biggest area of concern for Texas next season, um, this upcoming season. It's because I, without Bijan Robinson, without Rojo, and from what I saw at the the bowl game for Texas. I'm not sure Sark knows what the identity of the offense is, is going to be either. And that's fair. That's fine. He doesn't have right, to know right. right now. I mean, that's something he can figure out later on. But it's clear that right after losing Bijan and Rojo, that it wasn't, it wasn't a, it's not a smooth transition for him, and it shouldn't be. But it, it's not clear, and it's not a, an obvious transition, I should right, say. Right. I think he's going to have to do some, some rabbit holing and figure out, all right, now what's the best – avenue for us to build the identity around like who are we going to build it around and how are we going to build this new offensive identity post Bijan, post rojo right and, and, that, and, and mitchell may be me, part of it well he should definitely be a part of it that's maybe. why you brought him in yeah and then you also got isaiah nayor you still got to figure out what you're going to do with worthy you're still trying to figure out your scheme for the running game how are you going to use jatavian mm-hmm. sanders and what's his role going to be so for him, bringing in that type of impactful player, somebody that we thought was going to, when he came in, everybody's first thought was, oh, yeah, it's about to go down. This is about to be the man that is going to help us out. But we thought the exact same thing with Nayor, and he ended up getting hurt. Getting and then, hurt. And, and you, then you were still trying to figure out who is going to be the other guy that is going to be involved in it. Jatavian Sanders became it early, but then he faded because you stopped featuring him. So now you have to be able to share the ball with all of these different types of talents, and that room is thick, man. That room in the wide receiver room is thick now. It is. I agree. Um, It is thick, and you you have enough weapons for a young quarterback like Quinn Ewers to rely on that you could make the passing game the identity of the offense. But right. 
it's he, he had a really good game. No, I know he did have a really good game in the bowl game, and I liked the way he played. Uh, but I would would caution um, early on about just overburdening a young quarterback. Right, want to make life easy on them. So I just say that's part of it too, and maybe that's just with. You know, the run game, maybe the offensive line takes a huge step. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's running behind the offensive line. But that's my big concern early, and I wonder how it's going to look. And we won't see that in the spring game, by the way. No. That's the whole point. You're not going to see any of that. You won't even get hints as to what the identity of the offense will be, and you shouldn't. Right. Yeah, Sark, if savvy enough, you shouldn't get any hints because um, he doesn't want to reveal anything to the future uh, opponents Texas got to play. But I have no idea how the offense is going to look post Bijan and post Rojo, and you know I can make some predictions about it, but like quick I said, quick game, quick game, quick game. Well, you can say that, but that worked better when you had, you know, Bijan and Rojo in the backfield, who you knew could always keep you ahead of the chains, right? So those guys, you led the country in broken tackle rate and forced missed tackle rate during the regular season on run plays. Um, Rojo led the country in broken tackle rate the last two years. Bijan broke the record for forced missed tackles in a season for a pro football focus. They were so unique in being able to turn negative plays into positive ones. So, yeah, the the quick game, I'm all about quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. Trust me. I was, I was the one that, that made up the, <laughs> the saying because I wanted it to stick. Yep. But it worked well when you had Bijan and Rojo keep you ahead of the chains constantly. You don't have that. That yeah. we don't we don't no, know we if don't, you're gonna have that. Yeah, we don't know. You if could we will end up having negative plays this year and then having to work from a, a deficit at times too. You didn't have that a lot of the times last season. Right. With Bijan and Rojo, you don't. Yeah. They were magical in that aspect. So they were special. That's they what were I'm definitely special. You, and you have to you have to bake that into yeah. your model, whatever it is that yeah, I don't have those guys. Right. I might end up with some negative plays. How do I now scheme around that or scheme that up? Because that's, that's going to be a reality for you. No doubt. And, you know, I agree with, you know, what you're saying about getting, you know, the quick game and getting him going. Um, but, man, you're going to have to have some balance and you're going to have to have the, the running game be a big part of it too. And, you know, I, I think JT Sanders probably needs to be the focal point of the passing game to start out. No, it sounds crazy, but I think, it, I think it'll be a lot smoother – of a passing of a passing game formula if you start with the tight ends with the short and intermediate game rather than every time he's throwing the ball to X man he's trying to get it right down the field right and you, that'll be there yeah but I don't think you need to force it as much as they did just don't force it just don't force it just don't force it uh, all right uh, you got Harsh Knock Life coming up that's right we're gonna talk a little bit of baseball and preview <laughs> this big weekend of opening day for. The Texas Longhorns. All right, we'll come back. Harsh Knock Life talking hardball right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike 
Larry. Michael. Oh, that's funny. Michael. Welcome back to a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. And the new theme is basketball season. Basketball is upon us, but... I got to put that on hold just for a second as I get into my Hard Knocks life. You can follow me on Twitter at HarbaughHard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. Uh, we love it when you're a part of the show. You can hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. And I wanted to go into this conversation real quick as the Texas Longhorns open their season tomorrow night at Globe Life Field. And a lot of people have been asking about this as well. If you want to watch the game, and I know our man Craig Way is going to be on these airways, and you'll definitely be able to hear him starting tomorrow night right here on 104.9 The Horn. And Patrick is going to be on 1260 as well? Uh, Yes. Yes. And you can also hear it on 1260 AM also, but you can also list, watch the game and listen to me and my man Danny Lee tomorrow on the live stream on nice. Flow, FlowBaseball.tv. I know a bunch of people have been texting that in, and it's FlowBaseball.tv. Go to FlowBaseball.com if you don't know that, and you can pull it up that way. It takes a membership, by the way. Just make sure you know that. you got to get a subscription. <laughs> but um, a lot has been put into this new season, right? As the Texas Longhorns starts this new trek, and the goal is always to be in Omaha, there's a bunch of new names that Texas fans are going to have to get accustomed to because it's brand new. They're, mm-hmm. The names that you have been used to, like Trey Faltini and Ivan Melendez and Douglas Hodo third and Skylar Messenger mm-hmm. and Silas Ardwan behind the plate, and then Pete Hansen being on Tristan Stevens is gone as well. So now you have to try to learn a little bit more about this baseball team. So Texas had brought in seven transfers via Division I programs that are, are possibly going to be able to come in and make an impact. One of them is Porter Brown. He's scheduled to be the starting mm-hmm. left fielder. He's coming in from TCU. You got Tanner Carlson, who is coming in from Long Beach. You have Cody Howard from Baylor, Charlie Turley, from, I mean, Hurley from uh, USC, David Shaw and Heston Toll. Shaw's from Rice. Heston Toll's from Arkansas, which Texas okay. plays Arkansas tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple uh, JUCO guys, DJ Burke and Chris Stewart, that are also from San Jack. So you're going to end up having to know a lot of new players. Some of the familiar faces that are going to be a part of this lineup is my man Dylan Campbell, who I've always been a big fan of. Um, I thought that kid, I told you when Austin Todd got down, I said, look, if he gets a chance to play, he is going to stay in that lineup, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what he did. Yep. He was a hot hot part of the the success that Texas had down the stretch. He did a little bit of everything, played multiple positions, hit home runs, played well, and that is something that I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Another name is obviously out of Eric, I mean, excuse me, Eric Kennedy. He's going to be back. The main thing for Eric Kennedy is he needs to stay healthy. He was dealing with nagging hamstring injuries last year, so that was a, mm. a part of his struggle, and he was never the same that we thought he was. He had some big hits. He had some pop. The guy can fly, flat out fly, and he's going to be able to put some some uh, situations out there where teams are going to be 
frustrated trying to keep him off the bag. Uh, Mitchell Daly is moving from second base to shortstop. He was a little inconsistent last year uh, at the plate. Only hit 237, so that was something that we needed to look at. But he definitely can field it at shortstop. Jack O'Dowd, as I was talking about, he's a guy that uh, used to play at Vanderbilt and then he transferred to the University of Texas uh, last year. Obviously, with the team and the way that they were playing, he didn't get to see much playing time, but he's going to get a shot at this. Um, Jalen Flores is going to be the starting third baseman. He can absolutely flat-out play. He's mm-hmm. a guy that you want to keep his name close to your to you because he's going to be a guy that you're going to absolutely love to see play. Now, don't forget, he's a, he is a freshman. It's going to be a little... Uh, might have a little bit of uncomfortableness, hmm. but once the game starts, I think everybody kind of finds out their way and just starts playing the game. You know how that goes. For the sure. speed of the game kind of takes care of itself. At first base, he's going to have multiple players that are going to play there, but Jared Tom- Thomas is going to be the guy that's going to get the start. He, too, true freshman, no stats. He's coming straight up there, but his his uh, potential is top-notch. Now, hmm. understand – he is not going to be Ivan Melendez. So that is a lot to replace. <clears throat> Go, I mean, Golden Spikes player of the year, national player of the year, every player of the year that you could possibly think of <laughs> was won. Ivan Melendez. <laughs> Don't look at that happening, right? Don't yeah. look at it that way. So just be patient with that. And then you got the guy from USC, the catcher, Garrett Gilmete is going to be – or Gilmet. I'll make sure I have that by tomorrow for sure. He's <laughs> <laughs> asked great way. Yeah, he's the, he's the catcher, and he's he's an older player, played at USC last year, hit five home runs, hit 286. He played 50 games. He's going to get a shot behind the plate as well. And then you got – I was mentioning you, Tanner Carlson, uh, big-time player, played at Long Beach State, hit 345 last year and played in 39 games. He's going to get an opportunity to play as well. So as I said, you're going to have to really study your programs and try to piece some guys together. I know Mm -hmm. we're going to have those mainstays. We talked about who is going to be on the mound, who are going to be these potential players. But you want to make sure you understand that this team is going to go through some hiccups. They're going to. But if you come to the University of Texas, no excuses are going to be made. You're going to have to go out there and play to the best of your ability. So I'm looking forward to it. They open with number eight, Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas is a team that obviously went to the College World Series again. Um, I got a chance to see Arkansas last year at the Carbock mm. Round, Round Rock Classic. They were not very good. David Horn, Coach David Horn, excuse me, David Van Horn said the same thing. He was like, Nah, we didn't play very well. Mm. But as the season went on, they got better. And it's not about where you start at the beginning of the year. It's where you finish at the end of the year. All of these games are going to be learning um, situations for Texas. He's going to learn a lot about what his team looks like, who can handle the pressure. Because as I said to open the show, there's going to be 25,000 people possibly in that stands for Friday night's opening game against Arkansas. It's be lit. Two Southwest Conference for foes, and now two teams that are going to be battling each other in the SEC moving yeah. forward. So you're going to get a chance of that. Uh, Saturday night, you're going to see Missouri. Missouri's mm. not a team that has been really good over the last few years. Um, but one of the things that they did do, they brought in a lot of transfers themselves. 
a lot of teams are now using that portal to fill in a bunch of gaps, to make some splashes. If there's availability mm-hmm. on some of these guys, they're going to go right after them. And that's what they did because that Missouri's in a position to where you're in the middle of this SEC, you got to make sure that you're making moves. If not, you're going to get passed by because now mm-hmm. you're bringing in teams like Texas and Oklahoma into the, into the SEC. The you better get your stuff together because they're a team that's going to be very intense moving forward. Yeah, um, it's just really interesting to see. What's the last time Texas went into a season unranked? What's the last it's time? been a while. It's been a while, It's right? been a while. I think it was the first year maybe when, when he took over, when Coach, Coach Pierce, Pierce took if, over. If it wasn't the first year, I know it might have been the second year. Okay. Yeah, that might have been the last time that they come into it, especially after a team that went to the College World Series last year. Yeah. You know, but you and lost so, so much, much in the draft. And, and lost so much in overhaul coaching staff. And the coaching staff. Overhaul as well. coaching staff. Lost yep. so much talent yep. uh, in the draft. But it's, hey, man, you're a blue blood. It's Texas baseball. There's no you're, reloading. There is no reloading. There's no reloading. There is no restarting. Exactly. There's <laughs> none of that. You're There's not no allowed reset. to do any no. of that. No. <laughs> you can't push that button. No, it don't happen. I mean, <clears> everybody's still expecting Omaha. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And to finish the, the tournament out, they will finish with number 10, mm. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is perenni- mm. perennial uh, baseball powerhouse. They always have a bunch of guys that are drafted yeah. very high. They bring a lot of talent. They got a center fielder, uh, Enrique Bradfield, who Jr., who is unbelievable. He can go get it in the outfield, and he is a speed demon on the bases. He is a guy that will be a first-round pick. He will be a very wow. high First round pick, one of them, huh? and he he's one of those guys, and he's okay. been batting leadoff since his true freshman year. Hmm. He's been in the leadoff spot because he's that talented. He leads. He's the active stolen base leader in college baseball. Ninety eight stolen bases in his career, three year career. My man got ninety eight. He's somebody that the lost start is never lost on him. He can go get it, man. Yeah, damn, yeah. yeah. He wants. Do we? He's one of them. Do they? Uh, what do they? What do they run at like uh, the combine baseball? Is it six? What do they run? Six three, six three. If you run a six three, you can flat out fly. You can flat out fly. You can flat out fly. Do, do they time the Texas baseball players when they come they in, do. like in the off season? Or they whatever? do. They do when you know they're just like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, they're the wearing a monitor. Okay, they're doing that. Oh, so when they when they play, they got monitors on. They too. got monitors. Oh, I would on love to too. know some of those times. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the guys. Because they can go. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, all right, obviously mm-hmm. you're hearing more baseball discussion. We are blessed to have Hardball Harge here with us, so we're not going to waste that talent. Uh, so uh, glad he's breaking down some baseball with us. He'll continue to do that. As a matter of fact, he's going to be giving us a preview of Texas uh, opening uh, opening season matchup, yep. if you will, uh, coming up this weekend. So we'll talk more baseball. We come back, though. We got off the record. I am giddy because one of my favorite TV shows is coming back this weekend, and it is one of my favorite claims to lame. I'm talking about true reality TV show trash here, people, and I'm going <laughs> to hip y'all to it. This is, this is actually some of the primo reality TV I show trash. Wait. Some reality TV shows, it's just pure. I mean, it's you gain you gain nothing from it at all. There is there's nothing you can extrapolate from it. It's nothing you can learn. You're not educated. You're not enlightened at all from it. No, no, no. This is reality TV show trash that will make you a better person. We'll come back and talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful night in the horn. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. What? 
Well, well I don't get to break my head cold. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, um, what is your favorite trashy reality TV show? I got a bunch of them. I don't think I really have one. That you I got one like, that you're into? Nah, you not ain't really, got one? Except for maybe The Voice or something like that. That's, That's not pretty, really trashy, but it's yeah. It's not trashy. Yeah. It's reality TV, but it's not, reality, not trashy. But yeah. No, no, no. Not trashy. What's your Patrick? No, I don't watch any reality TV. You you watch watch his reality, reality TV his reality TV is hoops. No, I don't watch That's, it. yeah, sports. Not, not yeah. a fan of reality TV. Sports is his reality per, prefer, TV. Prefer, prefer scripted, planned out, good material. Oh, it's scripted. What I prefer. Most of it's scripted. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's no, planned. It's not, <laughs> it's not a script. It's weird. It's a weird most of, thing. Most of it is scripted. A lot, look, look, I hate to, I'm not, no, no, trying, no, to, no, I'm not trying to blow it up for y'all, but I know people who've been on reality TV shows, and a lot of it yeah. is scripted. Just so you know, yeah. it, it ain't. It's not scripted like they give them a script, but it's scripted as in, uh, do that again. Yeah, let's do that four, yeah, or five yeah, exactly. times in a row to make sure we no, get no, but it right. I mean, it's I like, mean, well, like that time, it's not. Well, what I mean yeah. by scripted is someone writes a joke and then they write the joke better, and then they make the joke really good, and then they get the right take of the joke. As opposed to someone oh, just yeah, being like, someone oh. just being like, you're a bitch. You're like, all right, cool. Glad we got that good. Take one. We nailed it, guys. <laughs> um, but so, uh, one of my favorite trashy reality TV shows is actually Naked and Afraid. I love Naked uh. and Afraid because I learn different things. It's actually, these people have they're sent out into the random different ecosystems around the world. And they have to live there and survive there for sometimes two weeks, sometimes three weeks, sometimes a, a month. Surviving this random part. Sometimes it's in America. It's like in Mississippi, right, in, right, in the right. Louisiana swamp, or in the, Mon- in the Montana mountains. You know what I mean? Just somewhere random like that. But they got to be naked, though. Yep. All right? Naked. And, and they got to be scared. Well, if you're naked and <laughs> you're you in scared. a red, you're you, you going you to be scared. You're going to be scared. Uh, so it's going to be one of my favorite trash and reality TV shows for a while because they do, they do actually learn things about they, they're survivalists. So they have to yeah, actually yeah, know yeah, how to survive yeah. out there. Some of them are not, and they survive like two days. They think they are, and then they're, they have to go home. And crazy stuff happens when they're out there. Okay, so I just learned from TMZ about this story, Naked and Afraid. And by the way, this is stuff that I would never do. That's why I love it. I would never go out into some random uh, ecosystem and just go camp out there for a month or two weeks, whatever it is. I would never do that. Definitely not going to do it naked. Right. Uh, but these people, God bless them. All right. Uh, they, they get out there and do it. So this guy. All right. So apparently this, the show's coming back this weekend. Um, it's what I heard here. Naked Afraid, the latest season, the upcoming season. And it's on Discovery Channel if you want to check it out for yourself. So this guy from UK, Sam Mauser. He he's naked, and he's making a fire, <laughs> and apparently one of the hot coals from the fire. I don't know how it happened. Ugh, he was, I guess, messing around with the fire, and it landed. One of the coals landed on the tip of his. I don't like the junk. way it's already starting. It landed. The hot coals, gentlemen, landed mm. on the tip of his junk. That's mm. right. Right there on it. Mm. Um, there's video of the incident. I didn't watch it. I guess I could watch it whenever I, I see the episode. His name is uh, Sam. Sam, 
he was worried that he might be in trouble. He was spending 21 days in the America's Wild West. So he called for medics, um, and I'm assuming he was okay. I don't know if he tapped out or not. They didn't give us that information because usually when somebody gets an injury, they can tap out and just leave if they call the medics. So we don't know that about Sam, if he chose to stay or not. Uh. Um, but there you go. It, this is the kind of stuff that happens. It right? does. When you're naked. And afraid. And afraid. <laughs> in the middle of the, the, the forest or the jungle or whatever it is. Uh, I admire these people for doing it. Um, it can never happen to me. There have been a few people from Austin, too. More yeah, than a few, right, actually. There have right. been like two or three, I think, from Austin, like yeah. over the years. That all naked and afraid or just? Like all naked mean? and afraid. I oh, really? I didn't realize yeah, that I there say were that been, many on I that. I want to say there been like a couple throughout okay. the years that I remember okay. like back in the day. Yeah. Wow. All, all over. Uh, uh, but anyway, Naked Afraid, I'd recommend it if you're into trashy television like show. And it. you might see this guy get his No, you junk, definitely will see. His junk burns. You'll just hear the sizzle. Some hot coals. Yeah, man, you got to be care- more careful. You got to be <clears throat> more careful. You're naked and you got hot coals? Yeah, man. How do you, how does he even get that close to your junk? It man, shouldn't. You should be. He was trying <clears throat> to stay warm. You should be bent over. Like, you know he what I mean? He was trying and to stay warm. Trying to keep your junk away from the coals. As you, whatever, <laughs> manipulate the fire, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll set you back a little that's bit. On, that's, I'm, I'm blaming him for that, man. Well, because, I mean, it's going to be a short series. You know what I'm saying? You way to relax around hot coals when you're naked. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. you're not thinking either because he's freezing. That's why he's around the hot coals. And he's used to being around hot coals with clothes on as a buffer. Sometimes you get out of your element when you're not thinking properly. I think he was trying to warm up his junk. Because he had suffered some shrinkage because it was cold out there. Failure. And tried, and it, exactly. Failure. Yeah, that, was a, that was a dang coaching mistake right there. Don't do it. Yeah, now he's dealing with swollen glands. I get, oh, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know what. Yeah, that's a serious injury, man. Yeah. That's a sensitive area. Coach, I'm not going to be able to participate today. <laughs> I'm dealing um, with some things. Man. All right. There you go. Um, yo, so watch Naked and Afraid. Trust me, there are random stories like that all the time. Mm. Uh, all right. We come back. Uh, we'll get into NFL news, notes, and nuggets on the other side. I want to give some props to the Dallas Cowboys, actually, and the Texans for their rookie classes. Some rookie uh, class rankings for the 2022 class have already come out, uh, speaking very highly of the Cowboys and the Texans. Both of those uh, teams also so making coaching staff additions. We'll review those and talk about Todd McShay's latest mock draft. Not good news if you're a Texans fan. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.